Welcome to the Highview Podcast, a gospel-centered conversation exploring theology, culture, and life in the local church. I am your host, Tyler Sweat, the pastor of Connection and Community at Highview Church, and I am here today with Chad Williams and Josh Hildebrandt. How you guys doing? Good. Wonderful. Yeah. Excellent. Wonderful. Happy New Year. It is 2020. It is. We are halfway through the month of January. A new decade. It's insane. It's already the roaring twenties. The, the rate, the raging twenties, so far. Um, but yeah, have you guys had a good beginning to your year? Yeah, it's been good, man. Been good. Starting to get in a rhythm. Okay. Week, hopefully. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Great. Great new year. Time a little bit of time to relax and past the holiday season and back to the grind. Absolutely. Well, we're glad to be back with the Highview Podcast in 2020. We're continuing our series through our 10 core commitments here at Highview Church. So today we're going to jump back into this series as we talk about our fifth commitment, our commitment to covenantal community. And we unpack that by simply saying that we are a family of faith fully committed to one another. So we are committed to covenantal community. Now, I know a buzzword probably in a lot of church spaces is the word community, right? We talk about sure. community groups. We have, you know, things we do in the community around us. That community word is probably one we're very familiar with. But one we might not be as familiar with is this idea of a covenant, a church covenant. So um, I just wanted to start there. We have a church covenant that we'll talk about here in just a second. But let's start with what is a church covenant? Why would a church have a covenant? Yeah, a covenant is, uh, particularly a church covenant, is a promise. That was uh, Mark Dever, he puts it that way. That it's a mm. promise to God and it's a promise to each other. That by God's grace, we're going we're gonna to do certain things for one another. We're going to look out for each other. We're going to commit to these things together. And uh, it, is a, it is a promise before God to do that. And, uh, and so that's the, that's the basic outline. We, so when we say covenant, we're talking about a specific set of promises that we have entered into relationally uh, together. So it's like, it's like the I do's in a marriage ceremony mm. yeah. in, in a, in a, in a yeah. broad sense. Yeah. I think the, um, the other side of that same coin, which it's just basically saying what Chad said, but from a different direction is it's a, it's the, um, the things that we're going to hold one another accountable to and, and for. Yeah. And, uh, and so you're making a promise. And then, you know, when I'm considering um, what uh, another member might, um, how they might engage me, you know, in, in spiritual matters and what they might hold me accountable to, mm -hmm. I have this to look at. So something we talk about a lot here is church membership, right? We highly value uh, the participation in the church, not just as someone who shows up, who likes the sermons, who hangs out, who maybe uh, goes to a group, but we actually emphasize a particular type of relationship, which is membership. And so we use our church covenant to identify those who have submitted to this common promise, as we just kind of talked about. So when someone becomes a member, they've read through our church covenant They've agreed to the things that are laid out in that church covenant, which we'll summarize uh, kind of here in a second, the, some of the basics that we like to see in our in our covenant and our covenantal members. Um, but yeah, it's basically just a way that we can identify who belongs to us and then what responsibility we have toward one another, right? And the promises that we've made to each other. So um, with that, what are some of the things that we talk about in our church covenant? 
Um, and we don't have time to read through the whole thing, but let's just summarize some of the main points that we find important in our church covenant. Yeah, I think the first thing that you'll notice in our church covenant is that it's for born-again believers who are becoming members of this church. Yeah. So the the context of the covenant is having been brought to faith. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's the... So, so the, the, and it's easy to skip over that, but that's actually yeah. the most important piece of the entire covenant, which yep. is that this is for people who have been born again. This is for people who have new affections, new hearts, new desires, and want to live lives in accordance with that new identity. Mm-hmm. And so this is us collectively saying, I'm with you. I want to live that way too, because this is true of me. I, am, I have been brought to faith by a work of God. And I want to live that out as well. And so a church, a local church, uh, is is fundamentally that's that's how it's that's how it's formed at its most basic level. Mm. It is a group of born again believers who have come together and said, I want to live this way with you. Yeah. And I want to help you do this. And uh, and so that's that's the to me, I think the most overlooked but the most important aspect of a church covenant period is that it's for believers it's for those who have been brought to faith uh, by divine grace that is the the context of it and then the rest is okay if this is true of all of us how then should we live mm. and then the church covenants and and there's there's you know several like within um, modern evangelicalism that kind of get passed around we use a very very common one um, but that's adopted by a lot of like Baptist churches, for example. But, but it, it lays out um, exactly how we're to live in light of who we say we are. Right, and and I think the thing that's important to know is that the covenant is taken from Scripture. I mean, yeah. if you look at our covenant, you're going to see a bunch of we will statements, and and these are statements right that you see, you know, in Scripture put in place with how you know Christian community should operate. And um, it's trying to kind of put into a, a practical sense some of these commands. How do you actually mm-hmm. work these things out? Like, what does it look yeah. like to actually try to obey, you know, what you see in the writings of Paul and, and in Jesus, you know? And, and so, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's kind of putting meat on the bones a little bit. Are we, are we serious about obeying these commands? Okay, who are we going to obey these commands with? Right. Right. Yep. So uh, what are some of the specific uh things that we talk about in our church covenant that have been important to you as pastors. Um, I know we have some, some pretty, uh, you know, different language than we would commonly use in the sense it's kind of a take on an older church covenant, uh, it has a lot of older kind of more antiquated sounding language in it. I love it. Uh, it's fantastic. When we read it together, it's a very, very cool moment. But, uh, what are some of those maybe specific, just pick one, um, that you just kind of think about that, as as a pastor, you love that we're committed to this thing. Yeah. My my favorite one, and it may sound simple, but you know, there's so many we wills, and there's there's a lot of them. But the one that I um, really value the most is, um, you know, and it's right up towards the front. But it says we will, um, you know, pray for one another. Yeah, we will seek to pray for one another, and and to do that regularly. And and um, you know, I always explain to a new church member that you know, as you join this body, you're committing to pray for you know, the membership. And that can seem pretty daunting. You know, we're not a super large church, but, you know, you got a family joining, a husband and a wife, and now they're saying, we covenant, we promise to pray for these other 200 people. 
And like, okay, that's a that's a big prayer list you just took up on. Yeah. But but you got to look at it from the other way. If the the church body is working like it should, they just gained two hundred people praying for them. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so the beauty of that picture is like you're you're getting far more than you're you're committing to. And so yeah. I love the the picture of a praying body. If it's working right, that means at any time I should have you know a couple hundred people who are you know regularly praying for me, which is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I <clears throat> I think that's a powerful um that's a powerful picture in the covenant uh for sure. Um I think that the idea of we will um we will rejoice with each other and we'll weep with each other. Yeah. And I'm paraphrasing that a little bit, yeah. but this idea that we are um emotionally invested in your life. Yeah that your well-being and my well-being now are tied together and that we're going to express that is a is another powerful because is i think that one of the beautiful things about a church covenant is it's it's a reminder you're not alone Mm -hmm. that the christian experience is not one lived in isolation and that what happens to you matters to others and yeah uh, and and what happens to others should matter to you right um and so it's a good it's a good test too of in my opinion, just something to think about. Um, you know, how often is that really marking my life? Uh, it's a good. It's a good way to to discern whether you're relationally kind of disconnected from the body at times. Mm, yeah. Uh, you know, when that's not happening, it's probably because you're more isolated than you think you are. Right. And uh, so that's just one thing that pops out. But again, so much of that covenant is, you know, we. It's just a a common part of community life and mm-hmm. uh, it's all important but yeah i think that's uh, one of the the more significant features of this particular church covenant that we have uh, that stands out to me is that each one of the eight statements that are in there are all we will statements uh, which you know anytime we are talking to a new member candidate uh, i like to point that out that it's not that we're laying this list before them saying okay these are the things we expect you to do um, and then we'll hold you personally accountable to what you do. What we're saying is, yes, you are, and all of us are together. We're we're holding one another accountable, accountable, so that when we say uh, we will, you know, endeavor to kind of be happy with one another's happiness and be sorrowful with one another's sorrows, um, it's not just saying, okay, now you have to do that really well. Um, it's saying, okay, we're all fighting for that together. Yeah, I think that's part of the beauty of a covenant. So yeah. a covenant has terms on both sides. Mm-hmm. So this is not just us saying, okay, when you join, this is all the things you got to do for us. Yep. Like in, in a, the same way that we can hold a member accountable, the member can hold the church the accountable, church, you yes. know? And, and I think we can even see that in our, you know, our membership meetings where hey guys, you know, um, this is not happening in our church like it should. We've covenanted to do this, and and I don't see this. And so I think it's an important distinction that, you know, this is not just rules that we're expecting you to live up to, but this is a covenant relationship that you're stepping into, just in a similar way, you know, of the the marriage vows. Like there's there's things on both sides, and the the unity of both of those parties acting together is what creates the the strength of the relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's um, that's so true. And one of the um, the other kind of things that I love about this is that we actually read this covenant again and again and again every time we gather in our church in conference meetings. So anytime we're we're gathered together in that kind of the all the members are supposed to be there. We're handling all this business. We start by reminding ourselves 
this is the promise we've made to one another. Uh, and before we get into any decisions that need to be made, before we get into any, you know, deciding what money needs to be spent with the budget or anything like that, we remind ourselves we, we're here to care for one another. We're here to serve one another well. And really it gives us a time to, to be honest and say probably since the last time we all met, all of us have probably broken this covenant. Right? Yeah. All of us have fallen short of what things we've promised to do. Right, and so we get a chance to to come together and under uh, God's grace and being gracious to one another, say, "Hey, we're we're going at this thing again," and I'm re yeah. you know committing myself to all of you. Yeah, before uh, before we leave the church to re- renew the covenant, we all read it together. We stand and we all read it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a one of the most powerful moments in church life for me uh, personally. Uh, just the. Um, reality of everyone in unison together uh, saying this is what we're going to strive for. Mm -hmm. And I always preface before we do that, I I try to remind the church that when it comes to the church covenant, every member of Hy-Vee Church has two things in common in regards to that covenant. Number one, they've all made the covenant. So they've all, if you're a member of Hy-Vee Church, you have agreed to this covenant. Mm -hmm. That's a part of our membership process. The second thing we all have in common in regards to the covenant is we've all broken it. Yeah. So we've all failed to live up to this holy standard that we have pledged mm-hmm. ourselves to. And that's no small thing. But the the beauty of the covenant and, and where you actually see this fleshed out in the covenant itself is we say we do now, relying on His gracious aid, solemnly and joyfully renew our covenant yeah. with each other. So we solemnly, we, we realize that we have, this yeah. is a weighty thing. Yeah. And we realize what we're entering into is no small thing, and it's a hard thing. And I remember actually in our membership process, we had early on, um, I, think, I think Josh was doing this particular interview. I can't remember. I think maybe I was in it too. I can't remember. But we were both in it. We were yeah. both in it, okay. Where a prospective member was reading this covenant and just said, I don't think I can join. This is too hard. Mm-hmm. And that was actually a really powerful moment uh, because it it told us too, this brother is really taking this seriously. Yeah, yeah. And that's the solemnly, uh, mm. but also joyfully. Yep. Uh, is another way we renew the covenant together. We also joyfully do this together. We 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 are going to with joy embrace the blessings that come mm-hmm. with being in covenant with other believers. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think the combination of the, the being solemn and joyful grace is the, the, the gap that bridges it. Like we, we want to have a standard, mm-hmm. but we don't want to be legalistic, you know, and, and we want to realize yeah. that, you know, it's the grace of God that allows us to, to even attempt these things. And it's a very yeah. like biblical concept, renewing covenant. I mean, it happens over and over yeah. in the old Testament. And it's something that it's not that the, the covenant has just been ripped up every time mm-hmm. we do, but yeah. it's a reminder of like this is what you've promised to do, and that's the the sense in which it's renewed, and so it's a very powerful. And, and, and the people of Israel would come together and they would, you know, say yes and amen to this covenant when it, when it was read, and they would they mm-hmm. would again pledge towards it. So it's a very yeah uh, to me. And this sounds kind of weird to say, but. When when all of the members of Highview Church gather and and read that covenant together, you feel tied all the way back to the Old Testament people of God in a way. It, it, you know what I'm saying? It feels hmm. that strong to me. Like yeah. it feels like it's something very ancient in a way, but is also part of the Bible story. We're just jump. We're jumping into it in a hmm. way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, it it allows me to 
kind of uh, obviously reevaluate and reassess where I'm at with that covenant because it's so easy for me to um, let leak or let slip yeah. my thought towards how I'm connected to another person, you know, and no am I my brother's keeper? Like that's, I, I'm prone to move in that direction, Yeah, but like regularly reminding myself, yes, like I've been called to, to care for and love, you know, those in this community. So, you know, I'm looking around the room as we're saying this and thinking, man, I hadn't even thought or cared about that person or this person mm, and, yeah. and saying, you know, God help me increase right. my capacity <clears throat> right. to love and, and care for this body. Makes me think maybe in marriage we should just like every month re, redo mm, our marriage vows. Our vows. I yeah. stood in front of you know Beth and said, the marriage vows, that, that, that might be a brilliant idea. I think I'll try mm. it when I get home tonight and see what, <laughs> see what happens. I'll let y'all know how it goes. Let, okay. Yeah, let's know. Next time this on the like, podcast, we'll follow up, see how that works. Hot takes. She's like, You're weird. Marriage. Go change the kids' diapers. Okay. Yeah, and that's, I think, uh, that's a very good point. I think, actually, you just made, Josh, is that really these statements we read only matter if it goes beyond just saying them. Exactly. Right? If it goes beyond just, all right, we gathered again and we read it, you know, we renewed it. Fantastic. Now we all expect to go break it. So we just don't even think about actually yeah. keeping it. Right. Right. And we don't do the things like, you know, it might be great if you went and renewed your vows to love your wife well. And she's like, well, you could love me well by doing. By go change diapers. By change diapers. By actually enacting the words that you're that you're saying. Yeah. And you're you're not only saying when when you enter into a church covenant, you're you're not only saying I'm going to do this. You're saying I am going to help someone else do this. Mm -hmm. Okay, so so. What's easier? What's harder? We will not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Okay, so so that means I need to come to church. Yep. That also means I need to care deeply if Tyler's not coming to church anymore. Right. So so it's it's not just I'm agreeing to do this. Yeah. It's I'm agreeing to help you do this, and you're agreeing to help me do this, and, and that's the unique. So that's uh, sometimes that, the harder part that of the covenant. Is, yeah, you know, so much because mm-hmm. so you much. have to concern yourself with another person's spiritual well being, and you have to get past the uncomfortable part of you know, bringing something like that up. Hey, you know, I, I see this in your life. Where have you been? You know, there's uh, nothing last, yeah. superficial mm-hmm. about what you're promising to do here. Right. That's so why you can't it approach it that way. That's why it mattered so much when the fellow said, I don't know if I can do this. Cause right. we are like, you know what that means? You read it right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It means you're probably ready to do Whereas this. Whereas the person that reads it and they're like, oh, sounds great. Where do I sign? We're yeah, like, I'm re- it's like, I, I'm really yeah, worried about yeah. the, the couple you're doing, pre- you know, like when you're doing premarital with, with, with a couple and they just think this is going to be easy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm more concerned about them than I am mm-hmm. the ones like we had a lot of work to do. Yeah. Like, we 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 have to we yeah. have to be putting sin to death. We have to be, you know, communicating better. We like mm-hmm. I feel better about those couples. Yeah. The point of the covenant, if there's not an intention to obey it, it's really worthless. I mean it, it's it's really it's just it's just words, you know, but if there's a real intention to obey it, then there's a there's a fear behind it almost, you know, but there's and that's why there there needs to be grace as well. So how does a church covenant build a community within the church? So if we're going to say we're a family of faith that's fully committed to one another, what, what's the relationship of church member to not just to the church covenant, but to one another inside of this covenant? How do we build a community through keeping this covenant? Yeah, well, it's... Uh... It's Colossians three. It's it's helping it's helping us bear with one another in love, and it's showing us what bearing with one another in love looks like. Yeah, 
uh, as well. And, uh, and so um, it establishes the relational connectivity to other members. Mm. And so what tends to happen um, in churches, just generally speaking, is uh, once you can relationally disconnect yourself from a body of believers, like once you can start separating yourself, pulling out of that community, yeah, um, it becomes uh, the issues in the church become um, their problems and not our problems. Oh wow, yeah. So you begin separating yourself. So when you step out of covenantal engagement, if you will, when you mm-hmm. stop living uh, in accordance with that covenant, you get to separate yourself. And when you separate yourself uh, relationally it becomes easier to become a critic. It becomes yeah. easier uh, to, you know, in its worst form, become an accuser yeah. of the church. So ba- basically the we wills become, well, they should. Oh, They should be doing man. this. Yeah. They should it. be doing more of that. Yeah, that's, that's 100% right. Yeah. And so, again, it's, you know, you, you don't pull a pin with a grenade and chuck it down at the guy standing next to you. You, re- mm. you distance yourself yeah. before you throw the grenades. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's another thing. I think when we stay focused on, man, this is what I promised to do. This is what I'm going to do by God's grace. Um, it protects you from that relational disconnect, which just turns you into um, a, a bitter Christian, in a lot of ways in a church. Yeah. I think that's so helpful to, to think of it that way. You know, it's the, commitment to the covenant that in an uncomfortable sense protects us from those things that Chad was talking about, a critical spirit. And, yeah. you know, um, it, you, you feel it in your, in the, the marriage relationship, you know, when, in a healthy marriage relationship, you can't hurt one of the parties without hurting both of the parties. Mm. Right. And, and Ephesians five even talks about that. Like, you know, um, a, a man wouldn't hurt his own body. Right. Yeah. And, and you feel that way when you're in covenant community with another believer. Like we're in this thing together, and I, I think the closeness of the covenant it keeps you from um, some of these self-serving, uh, you know, postures that you might have otherwise. Yeah, no doubt. So let's uh, let's wrap up this section of the podcast just by painting a picture of what it what it looks like for a church member to be a faithful covenant member in biblical community. So. What, is, what does it look like as a pastor when you think about what you want a church member's life to, to look like? As imperfect as it's going to be, uh, just paint us a picture of what, what it looks like to be faithful to a covenantal community. I would say they're all in. They are pursuing personal devotion through prayer and the Word. So they're really going after Jesus, and, and they're serious about holiness. Uh, they are serving faithfully uh, in the church, so they're 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 carrying their their load. They're serving according to their giftings and and where God's placed them and the mm. needs of the church. Uh, they're giving sacrificially. That's one of the things in the um, covenant itself. Yeah, uh, it's to support the needs of the church, um, and so um, and also they're in community. They they have relational. Uh, commitments within the community they they're known mm-hmm. they know and uh there's a uh, a deep connection to um, authentic community they 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 really are living this covenant out with other believers and and that's 
So, so I would use I would use those four things. Wow, maybe, that, <laughs> maybe that's maybe fantastic, capture. man. Yeah, I, mean, I think from for me, it's just that same thing, and I, I might just put it this way. Um, you know, as goes the church, um, so goes I. That kind of concept of there's not a disconnect, and it's being all in is what it is. But you know, when I go home tonight to my family, if there's a problem in the house, it's my problem. And I can't go up to my room and be like, oh, well, they're going to have to work that out and figure mm, that out. Yeah. Like, it's my problem. And when I look at, you know, being a covenant member, as goes the church, so go I. And as go I, so goes the church, mm, right? And so yeah. I have a responsibility to concern myself with what's going on with the church. And I have a responsibility to lead my life in a way that I understand that the church is affected by my life. Um, yeah. And I think it's just it's being all in. It's taking ownership of that reality. And it's a mindset. And you can always tell a person that has that mindset yeah. apart from a person that's here in a kind of consumeristic, you know, uh, American cultural church attendance way, yeah. like the ownership level of it. And, um, right. and, you know, I think that's what it means to be a covenant member. That's great. Uh, well, yeah, so we are committed to covenantal community and simply we just want to be a family that's a family of faith, fully committed to one another, all in on all these things. Uh, every one of us, with everything we've got, going all in to to be committed to one another. Amen. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, it's 2020, and we're about to have our brand new, for 2020, very first High View Hot Take. High View Hot Take. All right, guys, we're already a couple weeks into January. And so I think this might be a good spot to stop and ask your opinions on New Year's resolutions. Uh, now, I know that that's a, it's a pretty hot topic this time of year. Um, I'm pretty sure. Well, first of all, did, did you guys make New Year's resolutions? You go first. <laughs> um, yeah, but they look a lot different this year. Okay. They, they look a lot different this year. Nice. Um, so where normally my new year's resolutions are, are goals, mm. um, kind of just objectives I'm aiming at for that year or whatever. Um, this year, this is the first year I can remember in my adult life that I did not do those kind of new year's resolutions. Oh, wow. Um, but, uh, but I do have a goal of regularly, uh, executing habits, okay. like certain habits. Mm. But I do not have. That sounds revolutionary. <laughs> sounds sounds atomic. Your, sounds, <laughs> <laughs> Josh, do you have any New Year's resolutions this year? Um, no, not in the sense that one might say I'm going to go to the gym or I'm going to, mm. you know, lose so many pounds or whatever else, which would not be a good idea for me. <laughs> Don't do um, it. But, you, would dis, uh, you would just disappear. Just be gone. You know. <laughs> But I do have, and, and similar to Chad, I have some things um, towards the end of the year that I was really committing to. And it's more of um, the type of person I want to be, um, which would create those mm. type of habits. Like um, internally, I, there's just some things I'm moving towards. But I'm not a real big, like, you know, put this many habits, or not habits, but goals out goals. in front of you that you're trying to achieve. I don't, I don't really do well with that. Oh gosh, you guys are sold out to the to the atomic habits way of life, huh? Tell tell us, Chad, what what's got you thinking about these these habits rather than goals? Well, I'm currently reading the book Atomic Habits by James Clear. 
and uh, really, really good book, fascinating book. Um, some things I, I think that you you have to think about what he's saying and then look at it through gospel lenses a, a good bit. Absolutely. I mean, there's mm. there's definitely some things there, particularly yeah. some things he says about identity that I disagree with, um, though I see it as as important as yeah. he does. But uh, but yeah, the idea of uh, we don't rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our systems. That thought was really, really powerful. Mm. And, and I found that to be true. I mean, I'm a, uh, we, we, did a, we did a podcast on the Enneagram. So I'm, I'm an yeah, Enneagram yeah. 3. Um, I'm all about goals. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I usually by this time in January, I've sat down with two or three people. And Josh has been one for years yep. that I've sat down and go, here's, here's my 2020 game plan. Here's my goals and the like. And, uh, but the, the idea of um, I don't control outcomes, but I do control behaviors. So, so mm. that's a powerful and, – and goals are outcomes. And, and, and so I think goals are important. And I have goals. I'm just um, – I'm not um, – I was telling someone yesterday, I, I want to think about my goals every six months, but I want to think about my habits every six hours. So instead of trying, to, instead yeah. of trying to aim at your goals, you're aiming at behavior that would move you in the direction but, of your goals. But doesn't that just make your New Year's resolution goals? Keep, all, keep all my habits? Mm. Like that, you're like, whereas someone would say, you right, I'm going to lose. This is why this is just destroyed me. hot take. Yeah. <laughs> Because I mean, essentially, what you it sounds so- like that's a new goal. It's yeah, just, just do these just, things. I'm just gonna keep all my habits. Yeah, but they're simple. Like yeah. they're 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 things though that I feel like I've got five or six of them uh, yeah. that that just auto populate my to doist. <laughs> that's that's the most like nerd. That's the most enneagram three way of looking at habits ever. Mm. They're daily goals. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. so you didn't you didn't decrease your goals. Okay, I have you more goals. Increase them. <laughs> your goals are just to make habits. Yeah, you, you know, I was I was I was talking to a guy. I was talking you just to, renamed them I just, <laughs> habits. I, w- I was oh, talking man, to I was talking to a guy who uh, he owns a uh, a real estate business has a is very successful in the real estate industry, and he's a he's an Enneagram three achiever goal setter guy and he lo- and, but he's he's fallen in love with this concept the atomic habits mm-hmm. concept and and so he was telling me he's and this was this was a pretty powerful thing i think there's a lot to this he said i used to have a goal of setting one new appointment a day so i'm gonna i'm gonna have i'm gonna have this this appointment set to to talk to someone about selling their their property and that's a lot of business over the course of a year, obviously. But setting one mm. appointment a day is a really, really big deal. Yeah. Well, that was his goal. And sometimes he hit it, sometimes he didn't. What he told me was he actually got away from that and said, I'm, gonna, I'm going to dedicate four hours, two, two, two hours on the front and two hours at the back end of my day, to setting appointments. Yeah. The first day he did that, he set five appointments. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. So he actually, what he found was that by addressing the behaviors, he blew past his goals. If you set the set. goal and you reach one, then you stop. But if you and, if you have a habit right. of and mm, that's one yeah. of that's one of James Clear's like big big points in the book is exactly if you didn't have the goal but you had the systems, would you still achieve the goal? The goal. Yeah. Mm. And he's like, yeah, yeah. You, you but if work. you but if you start off with just a goal, I'm gonna lose fifty pounds. You've got to work your way back, and yeah. you say, well, I'm gonna cut this out. I'm gonna go to the gym. And well, how many you people may do or may that? And that's why yeah. that's why Instead so many people be a healthy person, right? Yeah. Which what does that right. lead to? Fifty pounds, maybe more. And exactly. Maybe, yeah. That's the con- that to me feels 
mm-hmm. more, that feels more transformational yeah. to me. And it also, it, it protects your joy in that sense, because then when you reach your goal and your joy was set mm-hmm. on the goal yeah. rather than being this person, now you got to find something else to, you know. Yeah, to, one, to, of my, one, of the, one of the most powerful sentences in that whole book for me was when he was talking about why habits are better than goals. And he says, if you're focused on habits daily, you don't have to wait to be happy to, by meeting right. your goals. That is a, yeah, I, yeah. That, that was like, boom. Well, and so it also powerful. kind of when you have just the, the long-term thing, like let's just keep losing weight. I mean, that's kind of the, the big one I think everyone at least thinks about. When you say I'm going to lose 50 pounds, then you're terrified to actually weigh the next Monday. When you're right. like, am I actually working toward that? You, would, you don't know until you weigh again. But you do know if you're becoming a healthier person or you're acting as a healthier person right. in the moment and with the, the decision and the, you make. And the better sure. goal is not to be a 50-pound less weighing person, but to enjoy being a person that works out, like to enjoy that habit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but we often have a – we don't think about enjoying mm-hmm. a, you know, being we, a, a Yeah, we actually frame person. it as I've got to do things I don't enjoy to get to this goal. Right. Yep. Oh. Yeah. yeah, instead of – Again, another great line, fall in love with the process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like fall in love, like enjoy the process. Um, and, and applying this to your spiritual life is very, very powerful. Like what you need is not just to read the Bible a chapter a day to check something off your list. You need to enjoy the Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people who just enjoy reading the Bible are way more likely yeah. to read way more of it. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like have the, um, you know, the goal, I'm going to be a person that has a quiet time daily. Or, you know, or rather forming a habit of enjoying spending time with the Lord. You know, and it's, mm. it's just a mindset, I think. It's a subtle one, difference, but it's It's huge. a subtle mindset that I think one is, one is healthy and, and one can lend towards legalistic kind of, mm. you know, an approach uh, with goals. So I think goals freak people out, too, because I think that, that we're terrified of failure. Oh, yeah. And I think goals expose us, and, and, and then we tend to— we tend to distance ourselves from goals. We, 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 we want them out there somewhere, but we don't want them too close because I don't want to find out if I'm, how I'm actually doing. Yeah. And I think we all kind of have this low-grade fear mm-hmm. of not measuring up, and goals yeah. expose us. Right. Yeah. Uh, and and that's, that tends to be – I think that's why some people just say, eh, I, I, don't do goal. I don't do New Year's yeah. resolution. And, right. and the point is, you know, it's not that you'll be less productive if you get rid of goals. Like his, his thing is, no, you'll be, you'll be more productive. Mm. Like if you become a healthy person, you'll blow past 50 and stay at that. But right. if you just have a goal to get to 50, what do you do when then you reach what? that? Yeah. Yeah. Like, mm. so, and he doesn't, he's not, I wouldn't say he's anti-goal. No, not at all. In the book. Mm. Not at all. It's I, I, what's he, motivating it. He, yeah. Right. He's, he's mm. like, goals are good for setting trajectories, mm-hmm. but in terms of daily behaviors, they're not, they're not enough. And, uh, so it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a powerful thought it really is great book. Well, this episode of <laughs> Hive Hot Take was brought to you by Atomic Habits by James Clear, <laughs> the book that will solve all your problems in 2020. <laughs> but guys, we do hope that you keep all of your resolutions, prove Josh and Chad wrong, <laughs> keep all your goals. <laughs> don't make any habits. What we're saying no. is <laughs> all of those goals you made, throw those away. Throw them away. <laughs> Yeah. If you have, like the rest of us, made your goals and two weeks later you you ate a plate full of hot wings for lunch like I did, mm. then go make some better habits. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, well, we hope you've enjoyed Amen. this episode of the High View Podcast. If you would, please make sure you're going and sharing this with your friends and coworkers and neighbors and in-laws and everyone that you know. Give us a five-star rating and review. You know your in-laws need this. Absolutely. They need to be listening to this. Not yours. Not mine. I don't know. Just, just whoever's listening. <laughs> we'll see you next time.